I'm sitting in the subway station. Manhattan is my destination. Traveling on that dirty train. Each day I live is much the same. And I think, what can I gain? Living in this endless game. Homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. Home to Yerushalayim. Home where my heart is lying. Home where my destiny waits. Welcome back, everyone, to Homeward Bound, the show about making Aliyah to Israel. My name is Yigal Siegel, and we're here every week on the Nahum Siegel Network to give you information and inspiration about making that big move to the state of Israel and becoming a citizen here. And I am very, very pleased to welcome to our airwaves Joseph Gittler, who is uh, one of the six winners of the inaugural Bonetzion Prize that was sponsored this year by Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, Joseph, welcome to our airwaves. Thank you for having me on, and of course, honored to have been awarded this prize. Yes, and uh, we congratulate you for that. Very well deserved. And I wanted to ask you, first of all, what year did you make Aliyah in? We came in September 2000, so we've been in Israel for over 14 years, but who's counting? <laughs> so one second. So you, you are a native New Yorker? Yeah, I grew up in Washington Heights, and uh, when I was 15, my family moved to Teaneck, so they've been in Teaneck for about 25 years now, and after I got married, I lived in Riverdale. So for those from New York, Jersey, I didn't make it out of that little triangle there. <laughs> okay, so you lived in, how long did you live in? I made Aliyah, so it's a big change. Now, were there other people in your family who had already been living here, um, in your wife's family? How, how, did, uh, how did this work? Uh, my wife had, uh, my wife is from Toronto, and she had an older brother who was living in Rhinana. And I have an aunt, my father's sister who's been living in Israel for over 40 years. Okay, but obviously this so, is something that's... Some family. Right, So, but uh, this is something that your wife uh, your wife and yourself were, were thinking about, I guess, before you made the actual move. <laughs> it's not something that came up yeah, all of a sudden. We were, yes, Aliyah was certainly part of our upbringing, from the schools we went to, to the camps that we went to. We were, you know, we, we definitely uh, drank, what did they, you know... We drank the Kool-Aid, <laughs> and uh, on us, unlike, unfortunately, not enough of us, it worked, and we were fortunate enough to be able to make it here. Well, I mean, one of the things here, and then, and, and, and Joseph has uh, won the, the Bonetio Prize in the category of Community Education and Nonprofit. He is the founder and chairman of Leket Israel, uh, the national food bank here. And, and, and what, what, what really made an impact on me when I was reading up about uh, what you're doing is the fact that that something like this didn't exist before you decided to start it? Um, honestly, I was yeah, shocked. I it, it, can yeah, you tell I us? By the way, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, you you know what? You bring up such a good point, and it's not usually asked, but I, I point that out often. Is Israel is has so many wonderful nonprofit organizations, and the the concept of food rescue and food banking has existed in the United States, North America for for over 50 years. Right. So it was a shock to me as well, considering all the fantastic feeding operations in this country, which feed the poor directly, that there was no umbrella organization thinking about different ways of helping them. It was absolutely surprising to me. 
I, you know, it's funny because, uh, like you just said, I mean, I live in Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem itself, I, I can't even begin to count how many organizations or pe- individuals there are who provide uh, food baskets uh, for, for the needy, for terror victims. I mean, you, the, the list is endless in terms of just people that I've met over the years. I'm here for nine years. And 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 I remember specifically that there was one organization that used to go to the Shuk, I think on like Thursday nights because they would get a new delivery on Friday. They would try and get they would try and get um, you know at least a cheaper price on certain things. But in terms of, of of rescuing food, as you aptly put it, that that concept just didn't exist here, which is it really is amazing. I guess for us coming from the states, that's why it's so 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 amazing to us. I guess the way I would explain it is certainly there was, I apologize, I'm outdoors while I'm talking, so. No, no problem. Hopefully it'll be generally quiet. <laughs> um, the way I would put it is that um, most, you know, there are many charities in Jerusalem throughout the country who are doing a little bit of food rescue. A bakery down the block, trying to do something in the shook, but no one was doing it in any sort of um, centralized manner with that being all they thought about. See, the, the reason I think Lekhead has succeeded is because we've tried very hard not to go, you know, right and left. And we always have opportunities as a, as a successful charity. People call us and say, why don't you do clothing? Why don't you do medicine? But the fact is we were, we've, we've kept our focus on figuring out logistical solutions to getting food from point A to point B. And we don't deal with, and this is, you know, part of our success also, but it, it, it's, we understand and we don't deal with the actual people in need. And that's why our entire operation is focused on how do we help these agencies, and that means direct deliveries to them, that means listening to their opinions, that means working with them, that means trying to help them even fundraise when they need a new refrigerator or they need new shelving or they need fumigation or nutritional training. Everything's focused on them because at the end of the day, they're the ones doing the hard work. They're dealing with the battered women and the Holocaust survivors Right. Youth at risk, etc. And we're, and we're not. And that's, I think, part of why we've been able to be successful. So you're taking that, uh, that onus off of their backs that they can concentrate more on the consumer. So you're, you're giving them the, what they need to help the consumer, but they don't have to worry about getting it. That's, uh, that's, that's a big deal. Um, that's a big deal, especially with the price of gas in this country. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. So let's look a little bit at the genesis of this. And that's what what inspired you to start this from the beginning. You start what what year did you start uh, Leckett? So Leckett is in, is in its tenth year, uh, beginning of 2003. You know, it took us a couple a little while to get into gear, but by late 2003, we were really up and running in a very significant way. Now, when you say you're up and running, was really, it? When, I'm sorry to interrupt. When you were say you're up and running, was the focus initially on food rescue? I mean, you just mentioned in the last couple of minutes a lot of different things that you do in terms of supporting the different organizations that are helping people. So, but so the initial focus was on rescuing catered food at night, okay? Because that was just a very easy, um, that was an easy sort of sell and easy to get to the owners of the companies and very quickly to get a response, yes or no. And the response, and this was an amazing thing. Especially, especially someone who made Aliyah, and you know we have all our preconceived notions of what Israel is and what Israelis are. Right. But in general, ninety-nine percent of the people asked whether I could come and pick up the food. Said with pleasure. I mean, some of them may not have had uh, food to give, but they said if it happens that we have food, um, it's all yours. So that was very um, energizing. Right. For me 
to um, to have that opportunity where people were just saying, yes, no one said, what's the risk of legal liability? What kind of tax deduction can I get? All they said was, like you, we heard about this National Insurance Institute report on poverty, and that's really what got me going when I read that initial report and it talked about so many Israelis, even those working, who were so many tens of thousands of people struggling to make ends meet. And to me, as an American, you know, the land, uh, you know, land of opportunity, I just couldn't stomach that someone would be working full time or even worse, husband and wife working and still just not making a go of it. And I said to myself, is there some help we can give them that's not already being given? Right. In a perfect world would be taken care of by the government, but that's not reality. And that's really how we got started. Just started calling caterers and asking them if they would donate their leftover food. And we started going out in my own car. And a couple of months later, recruiting volunteers. And as they say in Hebrew, from strength to strength since those early days. You know, you should get the... I did an interview recently with a retired couple from Beit Shemesh, and they, they volunteer for Leket. And I said, oh, you know, um, I, do you know Joseph Gittler? And they said, we've never met him. <laughs> Which I thought, I mean, first of all, it's a shame because I know you're a nice guy. I have met you and I've slept at your house. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it, I you. think, I think it should be a chizuk for you that thank God this, this thing has become so big that there are people that you don't know who are, who are dedicating hours of their time to, to volunteering for you. Oh, it's, w- it's passed me by years ago already. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm still an important cog in, in the puzzle. Um, you know, I'm the spiritual leader, perhaps, of the organization, and certain financial donors want to see me and only me. Right. But the day-to-day running of Leket, um, you know, we have a professional CEO who came in five years ago, Giddy Kroch, who's been fantastic. You know, and the proof of that is when he started, we had 30 employees. Today, we have over 100 employees. Wow. And we're going to rescue this year over 35 million pounds of food, which is staggering. We're we're competing in size with some of the major food banks in the United States, which is, which is absolutely staggering considering the size of this country. Well, Jews like to eat. Uh, <laughs> Jews do like to eat. Let, let me ask Jews you. Jews like to eat. <laughs> what are Not the things? Enough, though, because then there wouldn't be anything for Lekka. That's right. <laughs> Go on a diet so Lekka will have more food. Um, one of the things that I read about Lekka. But you know, when I go to an event. Yeah. When I go to events and people see me eating, you know, I, I always get the typical comments, which are, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're taking away from your, before. yeah, very nice, yeah. And, uh, but I tell people, you get to make that joke once. That <laughs> I don't take it more than once because I've heard it so many times. Exactly. Try to be original. When um, you started off with caterers, it says, um, I, I read that uh, that now that you're getting food from farmers, from manufacturers. Can you just tell us why would um, a manufacturer, for example, destroy food? Is it because it's outdated? They can't sell it anymore? Okay, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I possibly wouldn't use the term destroy. Or discard. It's more, uh, it, it's not being, for, for whatever reason, it's not making it to market. Okay. Okay, and once it hasn't made it to market, that's when it might not be sold. Uh-huh. Okay, so why isn't it making it to market? That's the question you're asking. So right. in the manufacturing world, like any manufacturing world, doesn't matter what you make, you never sell everything you make. It's better to have a little bit that you don't sell than not fulfilling all your customers' orders. Right. So, invariably and food as opposed to any other product which isn't uh, going to spoil you know computer can sit there maybe it'll go out of style maybe it won't be um, as powerful as newer computers but but it can sit nothing's going to happen but food has a shelf life and so what happens is you know we work mostly with fresh food we're not focused so much on dry goods 
So we work with the fresh foods and the cheeses, the yogurts, the hummus, the milk, the cottage cheese. That stuff is is going to expire. And food companies, like anyone else, um, I mean, there's really two reasons they give food to Lekkit. First reason is um, it actually, from the goodness of their own heart, they have nothing to do with it. They've tried, I promise you, you go. They have done everything in their power to sell this food. Okay? They've, what happens is, you know, a week before when the supermarkets won't take it, they try to sell it to the hospitals at right. the price. And then they try to sell it to the army. And then they try, they're using all their powers of, of persuasion. When it's two, three days left, sometimes even a day left before expiration, that's when they call it. So uh-huh. we're providing them a service and we save them money because actually before we existed, they used to pay to have it carted off and destroyed because you can't just let it sit around the warehouse. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be taken care of and destroyed. So it's a win-win situation and it's a very nice partnership we have with the larger manufacturers. When it comes to farming, if I may uh, go into that for a minute. Yeah, sure. Farmers are gamblers. Um, you know, they put all this work into the field and for a whole variety of reasons, the top three being market price, you know, supply and demand and its impact on market price. Acts of God, which means damage from hail, from wind, from cold, from rain, and a lack of workers. Those are three main reasons that farmers have crops in the fields. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense for them to pick it uh, financially, even after all their hard work. Sometimes they just don't have enough people to pick it. Right. Sometimes it's damaged and they're getting paid by their insurance company. And that's when we come in. We're, we're, we're really doing a service, and our goal is not to get anything that could have been um, that could have been given, um, that could have been sold. Right. The only thing we're interested in is things that can't be sold. That's unbelievable. It's so really unbelievable. I tell you, just yeah, I mean, the fruits and vegetables. If there was a store that would sell these, the problem is, why is this stuff never going to make it to market? Because if it made it to market, it would be fifty percent off, and everyone would go there to buy it because it's perfectly good. Right. Right. Sometimes it's too good. You know, <laughs> what do I mean by that? Sometimes the carrots are like turbocharged. They're, they're massive. So massive carrots are too big. Don't make it to market. What's wrong with them? It just means, you know, that the land is bountiful. But that's not what our culture expects. Every carrot has to look exactly the same. <laughs> Interesting. I'm sure you've learned a lot about agriculture since you started this. <laughs> uh... well, you'd be surprised. I know less about agriculture than you think. I know about opportunities in taking advantage of, of mar- let's call it market inefficiencies. How many ca- market inefficiency and... How many caterers and in fact, how many uh, different businesses are you dealing with now on an, on an annual basis? We, today we are probably working with about a thousand different food providers. So that means farmers, caterers, manufacturers, army bases, hotels. And we're about to start a pilot. We hope in the next few weeks we're just figuring out some of the logistical issues with all of the fatal hotels. In a lot. Is it nine years ago, ten years ago you said you started? It's, it's hard to believe it's over ten years. I mean, we were known initially as Table to Table, so some of your listeners may remember those days, and that's when we were almost completely focused on rescuing cooked food, but that's grown over the years to you know, really the entire gamut of healthy food. That's really what like it's after. We're, we'll take stuff which we all agree isn't that healthy, but it's not what we're looking for, but we don't want to turn down any food when it's offered to us, but our focus is fruits and vegetables, cooked meals, dairy products, the kind of things that really help 
uh, the human body, how people develop. Okay, so now you're dealing, you said you uh, you have 100 employees now. It's like in Israel you have uh, a thousand, um, at least a thousand um, different food providers that you're dealing with. Um, uh, you just started speaking about a lot. How this is a, a pilot project. You said that a, you were talking about the hotels in a lot. If you want to continue with that, yes. Yeah, so um, we, we've got a, a one group of hotels which we're going to we're doing a test case with, and the, the main issue, which is which is interesting, and then I'll I'll compare it to Jerusalem, for example, is that a lot is going to be a net exporter, and what I mean by that is that there's we are we are expecting to collect a far more food. In a lot that is needed by the needy in a lot. A lot is uh, generally a middle middle class city, right. and so we need to figure out how to get that food out of there. And the problem is, a lot's in the middle of nowhere. Nothing's near it. Right, it's so a very big problem. It's expensive to drive that food up to Beersheba and all those different places all the time. So that's that's the main issue. But we expect to figure it out because you know if we can do a thousand meals a day there, five days a week, you're talking about. We're talking about almost two hundred and sixty thousand meals a year. So we have sounds to like a job. A sounds like a job for IKEA, that wonderful I airline. I airplanes. I was thinking. I mean, the train would be perfect, but that's going to take fifteen years. Yeah. So I can't wait fifteen years. Yeah, the food will expire by then. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the food will be expired very well. <laughs> and then, um, you know, and so that, that's that's one really interesting new initiative. And then, if we compare that, for example, to Jerusalem, you were talking earlier. But there's so many feeding charities in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is what Leckett calls a net importer, meaning there's not a lot of industry in Jerusalem. The hotels have less food to donate than people think. So actually, Jerusalem just gets a lot of deliveries of food that we're getting from other places. We don't, that's not the way we judge things. It's one country, but it's always interesting to see the, the relative strengths of, of different cities or their industries or their um, finances. And we see that in a lot of our projects. Um, for example, uh, we make sandwiches for needy school children in 130 schools, and you see the expected socioeconomics of Israel in the amount of sandwiches we're making in different cities. So for example, Ranana, where I'm from, right. has X sandwiches, and you know Jerusalem or, or Yafo has X, X plus X plus X, and it's you know. But we talked about setting. Yeah, are you delivering food? Are from, you delivering food as far up north as uh, as? Uh, as Kiryat Shmona and as far south as they want? We are everywhere. We're in Matula, we're in Kiryat Shmona. We're working with 190 feeding charities wow. who together feed um, about 140,000 people a week. So we're not taking care of all the food needs of those charities, but significant, a significant amount in the, I mean, as I said, the, you know, 35 million pounds this year, which is 17,500 tons of food. Over the course of the year, so you're talking, you know, significant amount of help. Wow, um, I'll tell you the, you know, for someone like me who's uh, known about uh, about your, really is known about what you're doing since the beginning, because I remember I remember table to table. I remember you speaking with Nahum about on the air. I remember uh, uh, really the the infancy of this project to see it develop into something like this. Obviously, is a tremendous thing. That doesn't make a difference where you live. It's an amazing thing that you've done. The, specific to you know the theme of our show is homeward bound. What we're trying to to tell people, especially with the Bonetzion Prize winners, is to communicate to people how much of an impact someone who's a capable person. You might have an impact in this also, but you can have so much more of an impact here in Israel doing something which. You know, I'm sure there are a bunch of people who say, "Well, I could have done that." Or this, this is like, you know, why, why wasn't this done beforehand? You know, it's. It, I mean, one thing I'll say about Lekin is everything we do is simple and obvious. It just needed 
someone to do it. Well, that, I mean, I'll tell you something. I don't want to. I don't want to, God forbid, even uh, for a second minimize what you've done because it's an no, amazing but I thing. Do that, but I, that's my feeling. It's been all these years. That's why when we talked about it earlier, I expressed shock that it didn't exist because it's so obvious. They're hungry people. There's tremendous food waste. We all know it. We've all seen it. And you know, it just it's, it boggles the mind that it wasn't being done in any significant way. I. I I agree with you, and by the way, I, I can tell you that I agree with what you're saying. The, the great honor of getting this award is that I, I, off the top of my head, you off the top of your head, we could, I can list dozens of outstanding charitable organizations in Israel which have been started by Anglos. Right. So, you know, it could be that maybe they just weren't nominated or, you know, certainly were deserved of this prize, but I could, you could have picked another 50 people who were just as equally deserved. So many of the leading social service organizations in this country have been started by people who've made Aliyah right. from all different places in the world. So yes, immigrants have an it doesn't you, know, you don't have to start a nonprofit. Israel needs a nonprofit, but it just it needs business and it needs people to come here and open businesses and hire people. Now I'm very proud of the fact that Leket is we're a logistics organization. All our power is, is people power. So we actually are very heavily staffed. We have over 50,000 volunteers a year, but we can never do what we're doing without the 100 staff members who are making a wage. No one's making too much, unfortunately. I wish they could. But it's 100 Israelis who are making a living. That's, right. That's, I'm that's as also that something. Else that right. Do. That's also very significant. Well, there you have it. Joseph Gitler, founder and chairman of Leket Israel, which is the national food bank here in Israel, and uh, he is um, the winner of this year's Bonetzion Prize in the community education nonprofit uh, sector. Very well deserved, and we're very, very happy to have you on. And 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 I think the message is very, very simple, which is that you, you, here's a guy grew up in New York, like so many of us, lived in Riverdale, like some of us. I I used to live in Riverdale also. And um many young couples when we were young exactly. started off there. And and and, and then we realized it's too expensive, we gotta get out of here. It just it just shows that how much uh one person can make an impact on uh on Israel. And 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 even though we're thank God a country which has Heinz ketchup now and has Skippy peanut butter, <laughs> but uh we still uh need the we need people like Joseph Gitler and his family who have done so much in, sh- in such a short amount of time in being here in Israel. And, uh, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us on Homer Bound, and we appreciate your thank time. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Yigal, for having me on. I also want to just finish with two things. One is to thank sure. Nefesh Benefesh for inaugurating this award and for giving me this great kavod, this great honor, and you know, hopefully we will continue uh, to make them proud as, as you know, inaugural winners of this award. And second, anyone who's listening, take a peek at our website, leket, L-E-K-E-T dot org. Uh, we need volunteers. We need financial support. There's so many ways you can help us. So please do, whether you're in Israel or overseas. Um, what what is your, I, I, if I can ask you, I'm sorry to interrupt, what is your budget? What is your financial budget need for, for a year? Our budget, this, well, we'll talk in shekels because dollars gets too complicated these days with the swerves in the exchange rate, but our budget is about 31 million shekels. Wow. But uh, the beauty of Leket is that on 31 million shekels, we're going to provide 120, 130 million shekels worth of food. So it's a really a, it's an excellent mitzvah investment. Well, um, again, it's uh, again the website is leket. How do you? dot org. Leketisrael dot org. No, just leket.org. Oh, leket.org. Okay, the uh, the name of the website leket.org, uh, and uh, anyone who wants to help support leket, uh, wherever you might be in the world listening to this, it's an extremely important thing that's being done. 
and we thank Joseph Gitler for joining us, and we wish him well in this and any other of uh, who knows what other endeavors he's sticking up as uh, as we speak. <laughs> uh, I've got a few other things I'm working on, and when they're ready, I'll call you. Okay, We're going to need some good publicity for them. All right, we look forward to it. All right, thanks a lot, Joseph. Thank you, this is Eagle Siegel for Homer Bound. We'll be right back after this message. Yes, it's mega event time for Nefesh Benefesh. NBN.org.il has all the information for all the Aliyah mega events that are about to take place between March 2nd and March 10th in Toronto, Montreal, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Baltimore, Chicago, New York, and of course Los Angeles. The mega mega event will be in New York on Sunday, March 9th at 12 p.m. in the Crown Plaza Times Square Hotel. Anyone who wants information about any of these mega events should please go to nbn.org.il slash mega and you will find any information you need. Also, you can sign up and be eligible for a free trip to Israel. Yes, you can make that pilot trip very easily if you win that free trip to Israel. So sign up at nbn.org.il for any mega event that's taking place in March of 2014. Okay, welcome back to Homeward Bound, the show about making Aliyah to Israel. My name is Yigal Siegel here on the Nahum Siegel Network, and of course we're sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, the one organization that can help anyone from North America make Aliyah to Israel. NBN.org.il is the address, NBN.org.il, or 1-866-4-ALIYAH, 866, the number 4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H is the way to call them. Any questions you have about Aliyah, get in touch with Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, we've had uh, this uh, next guest on many, many times on our show, Rachel Berger, the Director of Employment for Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, we mentioned uh, previously, Rachel, that uh, anytime there's something new happening, even in one of the topics that we've discussed, we would have you on just for an update. So um, we had a discussion a few weeks ago about uh, jobs in the uh, social media or search engine optimization type of uh, field, and uh, you said that you had something uh, to share with us in terms of what's happening with that with, those, with that area of employment. Yes, so happy to be here. I just went to a conference. It's called SMX, and it was at the Inbal. I'm sure many of our listeners know the Inbal. <laughs> and what was awesome about this conference is that it was in English, and there were about 800 people at this conference. So the conference speakers were English-speaking, and the conference attendees were English-speaking, and they wore T-shirts that said, I want to hire you. Black blazoned on yellow. Really? It was amazing. So I went up to them and I spoke to them, what are your needs? And there is a huge market for anybody in the marketing field here in Israel because once you have the English language skill set, you can communicate to the world and get the message out about the products that the people at this conference are promoting. So as we'd said in the past, people that are content writers, people that are Facebook marketers, people that do Google AdWords, PPC, SEO. But I want to tell you the most interesting thing that happened. A guy came up to me and he said, hi, I don't know if you remember me. My name is Barry and we met two years ago when I was thinking about Aliyah. And I said to him, great and nice to see you and what's going on? He says, well, I'm working for this company. And I'm working in SEO and in content writing. Awesome. Is this what you did before, I asked? He said, no, I didn't. But the guy was willing to give me a, ch a chance. And this is a guy who's in his late 40s, early 50s. And he said, I was able to transition into a brand new career. 
And that is fantastic because what that means for our audience is when people are thinking about whether or not they can explore opportunities given the skill sets they have, this conference showed me that there is room here in Israel for people with communication skill sets to find opportunities here in Israel. So it's interesting because uh, we've talked so much about how uh, how you can find your way over here in Israel with a limited knowledge of Hebrew. And here specifically, again, which we've discussed in the past, but this type of work is where English is a necessity, not just a plus, but it's a necessity in terms of being able to help market these Israeli companies through the social media uh, networks to uh, to the to the world and uh, to be able to write content for the websites, etc. A hundred percent. Were there any specific, in other words, let's say in the SEO, the search engine optimization thing, it, what, uh, like, for example, Barry is an example. Now, it's, is it something where you have to have some sort of marketing background to be able to know what uh, people are looking for, what people are searching for? Is it something just uh, something to train for? How, how does that work? Okay, so in this case, he was very lucky because his boss was really willing to train him. But what I tell people to do is to go on YouTube and to start to learn the basics. If you go online, a lot of online education is really available, um, whether it's going to stuff like webmonkey.com or other online uh, tutorials. You can learn the basics of this field there. And we had somebody who came from a content background who now got a position as a project manager for companies managing their websites and that's that's just incredible meaning that once you have even a beginning level of proficiency in this area you can jump up in terms of your responsibilities and your income uh, abilities well wow. that's great stuff okay well we thank Rachel for coming on with this update about this specific area that we've discussed in the past, about uh, social media and search engine optimization. Again, any specific questions you have about this or any other area of employment, Rachel and her staff are there to help at employment um, employment at nbn.org.il. Again, on the website, uh, nbn.org.il, is a tremendous amount of resources there about any type of job that you're looking for here in Israel. And this is just one where, again, English is a necessity, not just a plus, but a necessity. And a limited knowledge of Hebrew is not necessarily a bad thing. That's a, and that's important, to, especially to older olim, uh, where it might be a little more difficult to learn the language. It is, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something which is a plus. And Nefesh is probably going to be offering a webinar in terms of learning Hebrew in, in the near future? Correct. We hope to launch it within the next month. And if you look on our webinar schedule uh, within the month, we hope to have it listed there. And everybody's invited to attend, uh, learn the basics, learn a little more than the basics uh, in order to um, come to Israel better prepared. Okay, so that will probably be sometime at the end of February, beginning of March. So make sure you check on the webinar schedule at the website for that information as well. And it's definitely a great service, another great service from our friends at Nefesh Benefesh. This is Egal Siegel with Rachel Berger. Thank you, Rachel, for your time. Great to be here. And uh, we will be back after this message. Yes, it's mega event time for Nefesh Benefesh. NBN.org.il has all the information for all the Aliyah mega events that are about to take place between March 2nd and March 10th. 
in Toronto, Montreal, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Baltimore, Chicago, New York, and of course Los Angeles. The mega, mega event will be in New York on Sunday, March 9th at 12 p.m. in the Crown Plaza Times Square Hotel. Anyone who wants information about any of these mega events should please go to nbn.org.il slash mega and you will find any information you need. Also, you can sign up and be eligible for a free trip to Israel. Yes, you can make that pilot trip very easily if you win that free trip to Israel. So sign up at nbn.org.il for any mega event that's taking place in March of 2014. All right, this is Yigal uh, Siegel from Homeward Bound, and uh, we want to thank you very much for listening to another great edition of our show about making Aliyah to Israel. Nefesh Benefesh is the sponsor of this program, and again, Nefesh Benefesh can be reached at nbn.org.il. 1-866-4-ALIYAH, 866, the number 4, and A-L-I-Y-A-H. I need And we hope that you're planning to be homeward bound. Home to Yerushalayim or anywhere in Israel. A lot of great places to live here. So come, make those plans and join us here. This is Egal Siegel from the Nachum Siegel Network and Homeward Bound saying thank you so much for listening. <laughs>